Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hacking HR podcast, the show where we talk about the amazing future of human resources and all things at the intersection of future of work, technology, innovation, organizations, transformation, and people. At Hacking HR, we believe that human resources can become the most important trailblazer, leading people and organizations successfully and effectively into the new reality of work and life. To do that, we must rise to the challenges of our times, shoot for the stars, and achieve our fantastic potential. During this show, we discuss ideas, insights, data, experiences, stories, and anything else that can contribute to helping you become and be a better HR leader and practitioner. Thank you so much for joining us today and enjoy the show. It is very important for any transformation to make sure that what you aim at is what you get to. You use the right vehicles in order to reach that point and at the same time, you really uh, connect the whole process and the end of it with the purpose of uh, yourself and of the organization. Organizational transformation is not just a shift that happens by itself. Mm-hmm. It's a very systematic process that aligns structures, systems, processes, and human behaviors in order to reach a new situation. Anna is the Organizational Development HR Consulting Director at Biz Human Asp. She has broad experience in organizational development, specializing in talent management and leadership transformations. She works with board management while coaching leaders across all organizational levels and functions. Hey everyone, very warm welcome to another Hacking HR podcast show. I'm very delighted to be with Anna Mamalaki today, joining us from San Francisco, which we all know these days is going through some very, very tough times, as well as the whole area around that uh, because of the fires. So glad you're safe, Anna. So good to have you. Thank you very much, really, for offering the opportunity to talk uh, on my beloved subject. Thank you. It's a joy. I will be reading out for everybody's benefit who Anna is, and then we will dive right into the subject. Anna Mamalaki is an organizational transformation and HR consulting director at Biz Human Aspect in the San Francisco Bay Area. She's also a member of the board of the National HR Association in the Silicon Valley affiliate. Whose multicultural management experience of 20 plus years in global corporate and consulting roles of different and large global corporations, different industries, and very diverse geographies in four continents. She's just been included in the top women B2B thought leaders to follow in 2020. Congratulations. And I will say it's the top 100. So this is not just any long list. This is a very selected one. And She's also been uh, put onto the Thinkers 360 list, the top 10 to watch for global top 10 of HR and change thought and influence leaders. We'll talk about this in a moment. Broadly experience in translating strategic business goals into organizational capabilities, driving organizational transitions of the people related processes, systems and organizational design within companies. Very, very warm welcome again. Thank you very much. I appreciate the welcome. Congratulations to being included in those very prestigious lists. 
Well, uh, I believe it's uh, the outcome of uh, me trying to influence how things are being done mm -hmm. related to the HR profession and how we really lead companies and we transform uh, them to their new reality. Mm. So it's the outcome of uh, my purpose. I love it. And it is amazing to be recognized, of course, and uh, we will be watching much more what you have to say. I'm sure it's going to be very, very insightful. Which brings us to the core topic of tonight, organizational transformation. It's a big theme in our preparation. We did say maybe it's a term that is also a little overused. Would you offer a definition of what you think organizational transformation and specifically successful organizational transformation is? Well, thank you very much for acknowledging the fact that, yes, it's been a little bit uh, overused or misused sometimes. And um, it has a, a lot to do with what we um, have as an end in our mind. It is very important for any transformation to make sure that what you aim at is what you get to, you use the right vehicles in order to reach that point, and at the same time, you really uh, connect the whole process and the end of it with the purpose of uh, yourself and of the organization. Organizational transformation is not just a shift that happens by itself. Mm. It's a very systematic process that aligns structures, systems, processes, and human behaviors in order to reach a new situation, in order to reach new attitudes, in order to, to reach new business outcomes. Mm. So an organizational transformation is not something linear. Uh, it has a lot of curves, but uh, it always has a point at the end, which is really what has been meant to become. Uh, organizational reformations need to be achieved through um, a methodological approach. Mm -hmm. It needs to be achieved through systemic kind of knowledge. Um, there are a lot of transformation going on sometimes on individual basis. Um, and um, we always start with the best of intentions. And in, in between, we lose it. Why? Mm -hmm. Because there is no a methodological approach in order to reach the end. And that's why this, this um, term has been not only misused, but also misachieved. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about goals definition. So what does really a good goal definition look like? You said, you know, have your end point in mind, but maybe mm -hmm. this is where a lot of organizations already struggle. So how would you arrive to the one goal that fits that organization? Uh, especially for organizational transformation, I would say that the goal has very much to be linked to the purpose. Mm -hmm. So uh, if an organizational environment really needs to do something, they have to consider the thing that they uh, aim to, how this serves the f and fulfills the whole purpose. Um, if um, what we're trying to achieve is only a fraction, is only a subset of our um, functioning as a business, mm -hmm. it won't happen. So uh, I will take, for example, if we just, for example, want to change our ERP system, mm -hmm. we want to change the ERP of how we function, the technology, which is the backbone of the organization. Mm -hmm. And we try to change the ERP of the organization because we want to function, function more efficiently. We want to be more quick. 
to offer service to our customers more quickly. And of course, we want to serve our shareholders by offering better profit margins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we try to see, first of all, the whole benefits and how it benefits every different stakeholder in that. But we shouldn't forget how this change is linked to every part of the business. So if we try to implement a new ERP, how does this affect the everyday life of people? The everyday life of people that work inside the organization mm-hmm. or are affected outside of the organization. So how this thing is going to affect them, how this is going to affect the behaviors of the people, how this is going to affect the structures of the organization, Mm -hmm. how this is going to affect even tangible things, buildings. So we need really to have a very holistic approach in every transformation that we try to do. We need to visit very, uh, in a very uh, holistic and a very, um, um, thoughtful uh, uh, way what's going to happen where do you see HR in this what's the role of that function specifically talking holistically I mean usually we praise ourselves having access to the entire organization all insights all people all levels all layers where do you see HR really be in that whole equation I love the opportunity to answer that, that question and the reason is Um, we tend to talk about the strategic role of HR Mm -hmm. and how this is so important for the organization. I I, I can recall when I was doing my master's degree, which was early 90s, and we were trying really, it was one of the first times that we were talking about the strategic role of HR because um, the previous decades, it wasn't that strategic. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were talking about how important that is. So I would say that Moving in 2020 and further down the road, HR is not just strategic. HR is really the social welfare guardian. HR Mm -hmm. is really Mm -hmm. the function that takes care of how the organization is connected to the overall world how it is connected to the social welfare and the society as a whole. The HR has to have really a very holistic perspective of what is going on, not just within the organization, Mm -hmm. not just within the industry that the organization is functioning, but also in the overall society. Has to have a very long-term perspective and vision to see way ahead, to see why it is important, not just to ensure profit margins for the shareholders, but to make the visionary approach to see why it is really important to preserve human rights and fight for them. Why it is important really to do things that will have, will ensure the welfare of the society. Mm -hmm. It is important for the HR to see the many different factors, the many different areas that our society is in pain and take all this into consideration and put systems and methodologies into the pipeline in order to achieve that. So one thing is really see society as a whole. Second Mm -hmm. thing, have a visionary approach. And third thing, be very, very structured. Use specific methodologies so that nothing is being missed. 
That's a bold ask of a lot of HR functions still to this day. I mean, you said the journey started early 90s, strategic business partnering, put it on the map. We want a seat at the table. And yet here we are, and some are still struggling. We've made probably good progress, but not great progress. So yes. what would you say, what are the skills and tools that would really enable the structured and holistic approach to really driving and enabling organizational transformation? Well, first of all, I do believe that uh, an HR professional that never really stops learning every moment mm -hmm. uh, about all the new things happening in the world, one, and second, being constantly informed about all the society pains, mm -hmm. I think really the person that has the, the skills there in order to achieve that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I would combine that with huge, huge open-mindedness of really being uh, receptive to whatever is around you, to be very much open to understand and get into the shoes of the others. Uh, mm -hmm. We are really privileged and there are other people that they are not. What do we do? I mean, us, the privileged ones, what do we do for those that they are not? Do we actively fight for mm -hmm. those that are underprivileged? And mm -hmm. What do we do? So those HR professionals that they have the power to deny their own privilege and live and experience the world as if they were not, but at the same time, use their own privilege in order to fight for everyone else, I believe they are qualified really to be mm -hmm. visionaries and, trans and really huge, uh, a huge uh, 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 transformation officers of this society. Hmm. I love that. It's a certainly an amazing vision to, to strive for. Now, you mentioned society and societal impact. I'd love to elaborate a bit further, Anna. You mentioned, um, we spoke about the fact that you're also Hacking HR partner um, for the San Francisco and the Silicon Valley chapters. It's so good to have you uh, as, as part of the community. And we were talking in our preparation, you are at the center of innovation. There is a lot of great things happening, especially in the Valley when it comes to technology, innovation, and new ways of looking at the world. And we were talking about, do these organizations really have a need to transform, especially when they're doing well? Maybe there is not really a necessity. Maybe there is a demand or an internal intrinsic pressure, if you like, but there is not really an external factor. You made a very interesting point that evil is part of the equation and it is a matter of restricting it. So talk to us maybe what you're seeing in organizations, how they are maybe controlling or fighting the evil and then the societal impact and where you see this all come together. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, I, I like very much of that part. Um, for one thing is that uh, really no organization is really invulnerable to this uh, uh, pain that uh, society goes through. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, down the road, every organization, however healthy financially is uh, currently, it will, it will really find it uh, uh, in front of it. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, uh, there are organizations that although are very much uh, well established and are financially absolutely flourishing yet they don't really um, rest uh, on their laurels and they do fight 
to do things that will help the overall society. So I've seen organizations that they try with their operations to restrict the evil taking place. Um, some of them, they might try to help into restricting fake news within media. Some others trying to make good use of their chip making uh, within products that are really doing good for the society. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we see is that they don't just have philanthropy approach because this is over and above. It is important, absolutely mm -hmm. very important and mm -hmm. very helpful. But doing only philanthropy and don't incorporating uh, restricting evil with that, within the operation of the product or the services that you offer, it doesn't really become part of you. It doesn't really become part of the organizational purpose. Mm -hmm. So it has to be within the function of how, how you design the product, how you really market that product, and how you really reach your consumer. And what do you do about the people that influence the life of the consumer? So restricting evil has to be within all these processes. We've seen companies that they really uh, deny uh, uh, selling their products to people that are related to evil uh, actions. Mm -hmm. They say, no. Uh, this cannot be sold to you. You cannot buy our products. Right. And this is a brave thing to say That's under true. this very huge financial uh, uh, um, challenging situation. It's very brave to say. It certainly is. And I wonder, and, and you did make a point earlier, HR is not just the glorified kind of, you know, do just the fun stuff. There is also an element of a bit repetitive, dull, work that has to be done that is part of the equation and now you're saying there is also an element of restricting evil so if i listen to this i mean i love the statement but then i obviously think about a lot of people probably saying that's easy to say but we were just working so hard over actually a few decades already to move away from being the policing unit, being the one who is just telling people no to everything, you know, reminding them of policies and procedures and what have you. And now we should be bold and accepting evil as part of the glory and yet transform. Like this is mind boggling. Where do I start? What is my role in this as an HR professional? Imagine that from ev for every level of work that we do, I mean, uh, whatever we do, even when we just collect the hours and uh, go ahead with payroll, even mm -hmm. the most, the most uh, administrative work that an HR might do, uh, in whatever thing that is being done, or if we're really trying to perceive what is the strategic plan in order to develop our people for the uh, challenging decade. Mm -hmm. So whatever we do, we try to take different uh, uh, factors um, into that equation. And these different factors have to do with uh, the people, the organizational purpose, the context uh, within which we operate, which is the overall society. Mm -hmm. So we cannot ignore either of these three things. So what I'm saying is that we're not uh, a strategist only. We're not an administrator, of course, but we're also a social strategist. We are really, the, we really need to have that context in mind. We cannot work uh, within an organization, within an environment by 
ignoring what the environment is because this is shaping nowadays and much more in the future how we function because we cannot really seal uh, our organization from what is going on in the society. Every person that works for the company is being influenced by, by what is going on. Is mm. being influenced by the pandemic. Is being influenced but by the fact that there is a huge fight about human rights. Mm. So every person uh, that comes into contact and every day accomplishes something that it is for the job, it is for the company, yet that person brings his or her own values, his and her own thoughts. So we cannot really seal that out. That's an important reminder because I think this is probably the hardest part. I love social strategist as a maybe new title, new evolutionary title to be put on the map. What you're saying is every single organization doesn't only have to have a purpose, but it also has to be aware of what the purpose actually does to society. And every single individual in the organization contributing has a societal impact, just, how, just as societal impact of the individual impacts the organization. Where would you say is HR's role in promoting, nurturing, driving that societal influence in both ways? This is the core of everything. Mm -hmm. And I will explain why. Um, in the history, the companies that they were only uh, producing money for the shareholders, punishing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, because that purpose is very short and uh, very um, limited. Right. So I think it's, it has been famously said that uh, uh, those companies that are only producing money are very poor. And they are because the wealth for every company comes out of the fact that the company has the power really to influence how things are being done. Mm -hmm. And uh, every organization, every company has the power to do that. And it does so. It does influence, first of all, how uh, the employees are thinking and mm -hmm. how the families of their employees are thinking. It influences very severely the mindsets of the people, not just with the work environment, but also with the products or services that they produce. Mm. Because everything that we do influences our mindset. So every organization has the power really to influence the way of thinking. To what extent the organization does that? And to what extent this influence that produces does it towards a purpose that serves the well-being and good things within the society. So when the HR person, the social strategist within the organization sees the connecting links, realizes the power that the organization has, needs always really to bring that up front. It has to bring that up front and connect with the executive team, try to help them really. Whenever the business strategy is being implemented, it's not really just the person that will have all the people related things mm. uh, really uh, uh, thought, uh, thought over. No, it's not just that thing because that people related thing is not only the people within the organization. It has to take into consideration 
the people overall. So when a new product is being developed, is being designed, how this product, how the features of this product are going to serve the common good. And to what extent this is going to happen long term. Mm. So being uh, afterwards, um, caring about the harm that we do in the environment, being afterwards caring about the waste that our products produce is not enough. Mm. What we do want is to be proactive. And how we design something, it has to be proactively taken care of this society, of this world. And the HR person is the guardian of how the organization is really standing itself within that society, within that world. And I believe that when we see that, we will understand that since people is our core business, then society is our core business. I love that. And I think we should engrave this on every single HR person's business card, virtual or physical, social strategist, and really the impact on society at large. I think actually it gives a beautiful segue into justifying some of the work we are doing rather than trying to mm -hmm. find, as you said, programs, you know, and, and little initiatives before. This is really way bigger, yes, maybe a bit more intimidating to start with, but at the same time, very, very important and powerful. So thank you so much for these reminders. Looking at the time, unfortunately, like any great conversation has to come to an end, I would love to close with the question that we ask all our guests. What are you most excited about and maybe also very concerned about if we talk future or more specifically future of work? Um, thank you very much. And uh, by having this end in mind, I do believe that uh, the end is always um, the finishing line, but also the end is the goal. So I, I do hope that this uh, discussion will help uh, as an end, as a goal, and mm -hmm. not as an end, as a finishing line to the topics that we have discussed. My concern is exactly this. To what extent we really use, we utilize all this abundance of information going on how we structure this information and we don't lose our focus. Mm. Do we always have our own compass in order not to lose ourselves in this ocean of information that is going on? An abundance of things and virtual meetings and mm. discussions and so many things. No, I mean, re I mean uh, empty, uh, empty your mind of those things that are not necessary. It's very important to focus on the purpose, to have that compass leading us really to become important for the welfare of the people in the society, which is at the same time the welfare of the organization for which we work for. This is very important, the focus. And I'm very much concerned with that. Mm. I'm very hopeful at the same time that these very um, moments, 2020, a wonderful number, is going really to lead us to a new, a new era that will serve much more better humanity, mm. 
and society. It will serve much more better the well-being of the people because we will get rid of those things that are redundant mm -hmm. and pretentious. And we will move to those that are essential. Love that. Perfect closing words. Lots of brain food tonight, dear viewers and listeners. It's been a delight, Anna. Thank you so much for sharing some of those nuggets of wisdom. As said, we could go on forever, but this is certainly something to give you a first inspiration of how wonderful these conversations are and uh, hopefully a lot of takeaways that we can all elaborate on, put into our lives and also into our organizations. With that, thank you so much for joining. Thanks again, Anna. Lovely having you. And uh, do watch out for the next Hacking HR podcast episodes all over the place. Thanks so much. Stay safe. Take care. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.